All right, so uh, today we want to talk about um, a business owner named Steve and him paying himself as an employee over the course of the years. And uh, we want to kind of go over what that entails and what that's going to give him through uh, throughout his working life and then as he approaches to retirement. So Steve uh, runs a business. He, the business grosses $250,000 a year. Half of that is overhead to run the business, to pay the employees, to pay for the expenses and all those other things. So he's got $125,000 left over um, for him and the business. So what he's decided to do is he pays himself as an employee and his wage as an employee is $75,000. And then he's got another 50 on the other side that he's using to expand his business. So he's kind of he's he's not going and taking that fifty and putting it somewhere else. He's not relinquishing it con- its control to somebody else. He's going to keep it in his business to try and expand it. But out of that seventy five thousand that he's paying himself as a salary, there is fifty two thousand that he actually gets to take home, and then there's twenty three thousand that is going into taxes and EI and CPP. So when you break that out it actually goes out to be the EI and the CPP is $7,562 as of, you know, the tax uh, brackets and, and the, the, the maximum CPP and EI that is there, is there today in 2019. That's what the number would be. And then the $15,916 is, is the income taxes for the tax bracket that he's in. So out of that $23,000 in total that he's paying for taxes is $7,500 and change going to EI and CPP. And, you know, as a business owner, he should be opting out of that EI and not even paying it because he won't ever be able to collect it. And so he can do that. He didn't know that in this example, but he can do that. And then the rest of that's going to that's into the into CPP, into the Canada Pension Plan. But the thing about the Canada Pension Plan, why don't you explain what happens uh, by the time you get to retire and you've put this money into the Canada Pension Plan? Well, a lot of people don't realize or have any idea of even how much they paid in. Now, what we're paying in today is significantly different than what I paid in 30 and 40 years ago. So I've gone into the Service Canada website. You can actually register your own uh, work history and, and print off uh, history of all the money that you paid into the Canada Pension Plan. So me personally, what I paid in and what my employer put in totaled over $71,000 from, I'm going to say, 1974 and when I first started paying in uh, up until when I was 60 years old. So I got $71,000 in the Canada Pension Plan that I paid in, not taking into consideration one cent that that money may have earned over all these years, just the money that myself and my employer put in. And because I've been self-employed for the last 24 years, I actually put in both sides. So it's currently 9.9% what I have to pay in up to a cap. So for those of who are paying into Canada Pension today, like you mentioned, it's between it's between five and six thousand uh, dollars both sides, and then add on the EI on top of that employment insurance. Yeah. So what happens is is this money is going in basically as a T four employee, you're expected to pay into this every working year of your lifetime, and uh, you're not able to access it until you're age sixty as a minimum at the the, the lowest age, and then it's uh, they pay it out in a monthly form at a reduced rate. And it's about a 36% reduction from compared to if you waited till age 65. So here's the problem. 
what if you need access to some of that money before you're 60? What if you get sick? What if you're not able to work? You become disabled. You know, you're hard-pressed to try and get access to that money. You can apply for a disability. It's not easy. And, uh, you know, that money's just basically tied up till you're 60 years old. To me, that's sad that that money is not available or accessible for some kind of unforeseen emergencies. And that's just the way it is. And it's tied up in multiple ways. It's tied up completely. You can never get all of it as a lump sum. You can only ever start accessing it at a, at, a, at a predefined rate, yeah. either when you're 60 or 65. Yeah. So 60 at a lower, 36% less than normal, or 65, at, at the age 65, you can start getting it at the full rate of what you were yeah. going to get it, if you only if you start then. Mm-hmm. And that's if you paid in the maximum over the course of 39 years. Right. You know, so there's also a determination of how long you have to pay in and how much you have to put in to qualify for the, uh, the full uh, maximum pension as it is. And even at that, at age 65, it's $1,154 a month. So if you paid into it for at least 39 years and you put in the maximum that was required every year for those 39 years, you're, you can only look forward to 1154 per month as a monthly income. That's it. doesn't matter if you're sick and you're only going to live till you're, you know, 67 or 70. Um, that's, that's too bad. Mm-hmm. That's all you're going to get. That's the maximum. doesn't matter if you want more and need more in the early part of your life or your retirement. That's all you're going to get. Yeah. Hopefully you live long enough to get any of it. Well, the thing is, is, you know, in, in this example with, uh, with Steve here, and if he were to do this current situation uh, of paying $7,562 per year for the next, let's, 30 years is what he, to, to pay into this, and then he's going to get all the, the, the money out. Let's say that he magically could get the maximum amount of CPP back um, when he retired at 65. It would take him until he's 81 years old just to get back the mm-hmm. money that he put in. Mm-hmm. Just to get back the money that he put in, not the growth on that money in the first place. So if you want to know what the number is of what he would have put in over the course of the next 30 years of contributing that maximum amount, that's $226,860. So that's a significant amount more than what you paid because you were contributing into the CPP a while, a long time ago when the rates were a lot lower. Right. So looking at that now and thinking about where we're at right now and thinking about going forward... He's not going to be paying this same seventy five hundred and sixty two dollars in in EI and CPP in, into CPP over the next thirty years going forward. It's going to get bigger. Mm-hmm. It's going to get larger. It's going to be more because yeah. that's just the way it's going. Yeah. Of course, it's going to be. Right. They're going to want more taxes. They're mm-hmm. going to want more infusion into their pension plan. Yeah. So to just to just uh, elaborate a little bit on a real life example um, between what I paid into the Canada Pension Plan and be- and what my wife paid in. I paid in 71000 she paid in 61000 she got seven Canada pension checks and she passed away. I have to live to 85 years old to get our money back out of the Canada pension plan without one cent of growth or anything on that money, just to get our own money back out of the plan. I have to live to be 85. Yeah. Well, you know, you look at life expectancy charts, and that's a bit of a stretch. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll see 88, but you know what, I look at my family history and I'm already, I'm, I'm 67, I'm living past a whole lot. Uh, farther than a lot of people have already made it. A lot of the guys I worked with at the fire hall, they're already dead. They didn't make it to 75. So you think about the odds. 
you know, people are supposedly living longer. Yeah, I'm seeing tons of people, including my wife, who, who lived a lot shorter and didn't get their, their, their fair money back out of that Canada pension plan, which is a compulsory pension plan. Compulsory. Exactly. Mandatory. Yeah. When you pay yourself as an employee. And when you're an employee working for someone else's business, it's mandatory. you got to pay in. Yeah. But when you're a business owner, you do not have to do that. You don't have to pay yourself a salary uh, and, and pay into EI and CPP at all. In fact, you can only be a shareholder in your company and you can have that company pay you dividends. You need to have your company incorporated. It can't be a sole proprietor. But um, you can actually just have the dividends. So if you were to do go that route... And you were to take that same money that you were going to put into EI and CPP, that's $7,562, and you just put that in a like tax-free savings account. A vault. A vault. Something that's going to get you even a small amount of interest, 1.25%. If I were to take that exact same money for 30 years and give you a 1.25% um, interest rate on that thing, guess how much money you'd have? More. You'd have more money. I told you that the that if they were to put it into CPP, they'd have two hundred and twenty-six thousand. If they were to just put it into their own savings account, it would be two hundred and thirty-six thousand. More money, and they'd have full access to it to do whatever they want with it, whenever they want with it. And if it's in a tax-free savings account, no then tax. there's no income tax on it because you're taking it out. You're doing whatever you want with it. You don't have to pay income tax on it. Right. Or if it's in another um, facility, another place to store your wealth, we have multiple places that you can store your wealth um, that you can take that money uh, and use it throughout your life and not have to pay the income tax on it. An RRSP is not one of those places. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned paying $15,000 in income tax. If we had uh, this uh, situation where the fellow incorporated and he, as a, as a business owner and shareholder, took dividend income instead of T Ford income, he would be able to draw out about $40,000 a year of dividend income and pay no tax on it. So there's an extra $15,000 that he used to pay in income tax that's left in the company to do what with? Expand his company, pay down debt, use it towards his needs and uses. Why aren't more people doing that? Yeah, why aren't that? That's one of the biggest things um, that that we want um, to encourage um, accountants to do is to be talking to uh, the people that they're doing bookkeeping for, that they're doing the accounting for, is to get them to switch over to be doing this. Um, there is there is so many more benefits to not be paying yourself as an employee, and you know there's other arguments for why some people might want to pay themselves as an employee. Um, and based on government grants that they can get and other things like that. But for the majority of the people, paying yourself as a, sh as a shareholder, paying yourself dividends is going to give you way more money in your pocket when you're done. And pay a lot less taxes. Yeah. So, I mean... How much after his income and half... So, 75000 is going to take home, and then you're going to pay the CPP and EI and all that stuff... Um, and the taxes, how much was he? did he have left? It was 52. 52,000? He, he got to actually take home 52 out of the $75,000 gross that he was going to So um, then take out home. of that 52,000, for making purchases throughout the year, you're going to pay another 5 to 12% on everything you buy. Yeah. 
based taxes. on mm-hmm. where we are in the Canadian economy right now. Yeah, all the different things that you have to go and pay for. So what and and what do what are, what is he told to do with that money? Well, he is he going to he's going to buy his vehicle with it. He's got to pay for his medical expenses and his eyeglasses and his dental treatments uh, with that money after tax. Okay. And then he's he's expected to set some money aside for his future and his retirement with that money after tax. Well, how much money how far do you think that's going to go? Yeah. Right. Yeah, if you got a multiple vehicles with leases or or um, financed Exactly. A whole bunch of that's going to yeah. straight to the, the ba- back to the banks and yep. So the other side of it is, is he as a business owner, this guy, he he needs to protect his uh, himself because he's the machine that's uh, earning the money. So he needs life insurance. He needs a disability insurance to uh, for income interruption. He needs critical illness insurance. He definitely needs some kind of debt insurance. Uh, the banks are going to lend him money. They want to make sure that loan or debt is insured somehow. So he's having to do all that with after-tax money. Well, we have strategies in place that can help his corporation pay for all of those things if he incorporated. The corporation can pay for his vehicle expenses. The incorporation can pay for his uh, for his health uh, needs and chiropractor and all of the stuff that he might pay out of his pocket. It's called the health spending account. Hardly anybody knows about it. Well, who's teaching that? That's yeah. a good question. This is what we do. We can show you how to use this mm-hmm. to pay for all, have your corporation pay for all of this stuff before tax. So you need, you can take out a lot less money. So maybe he doesn't need 52. Maybe he can only take out 40, be exactly the same place, and have his corporation pay for those other personal expenses that he was paying with after-tax money. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's such huge places to improve a person's finances, and nobody's talking about it. Nobody's teaching it. Well, why is that? Are we the only ones in the entire industry that know about this stuff? Yeah, it seems like it. Well, it's every big financial institution or teaching institution or whatever. They're all on the same path teaching the same thing. So that's why everybody else thinks the old way. Yep. This is new thinking, and it's our job to educate people and teach them that there's something way better. Well, you mentioned it earlier about um, we, we have a debt-based economy. Everything's based on debt. Everything's based on debt. So to me, if we address debt, we can actually succeed or pull or withdraw ourselves out of the current system by figuring out how to release ourselves from this debt, the, con- the control that the debt has over us, as well as have more input and involvement in creating multiple sources of income and doing our investing and putting the money to work in a different place in a different way. Yep. Because the biggest concern is everything's taxable. If you put it to work and you make, you know, you make 50 grand on your your house that you're going to flip, uh, you got a capital gain, you got to give a chunk of it to the government. Well, every time you do that, you think, I'm the one doing all the work and somebody else is getting all the money. Getting how can how can we put our money to work where we don't have to keep splitting it with somebody yeah. that's not involved in it, not doing nothing for it and they incur no risk. All they do is just say, "Hand it over. Thanks very much." Yeah. Aren't you getting tired of that? Isn't anybody frustrated with that? I think everybody should be. Yeah. yeah. You know, we're the ones taking all the risk and doing all the work. That like that takes me back to uh, you know the idea of this um, this little Volkswagen Golf that I used to own, and uh, I know I know for sure it's had at least ten owners. You know, it's like, it was like a '96 Volt red Volkswagen Golf. And it's got to have had at least 10 owners. It had 300,000 kilometers on it. So you think about how many times was that vehicle sold? Resold. And resold. 10 different times. 10 different times. Who knows how many were after I, after I sold it. 
And every time the government got GST on the sale price of that thing, every time How they got another GST, another GST, another GST, yeah. every time. I bet you they made... I don't even know. I wish I could do the math of how much it was sold for to figure out how much um, GST Probably what it was worth at the beginning. Yeah. You they know? probably got... Like, because tax. taxes are going up in the vehicle, you yeah. know, 30 years ago or whatever, how many how many years ago, yeah. would have been a lot cheaper than it would be today. Yeah. So I bet you by, you know, fairly close to the same price as what the vehicle was paid for. Yeah. But again, like that's a whole concept of like just how much the government just keeps taking taking a chunk of whatever it is that you're doing and they didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. They didn't do any of the work. They didn't do anything. They're just taking it. And they're taking all this money from us and they're still overspending. Exactly. Yeah. Still not. Enough. And we're still going into debt so quickly it's head spinning. Yeah. They're not even paying down the debt. Yeah. They're they're increasing the deficit, which means they're just increasing the amount of money they're spending compared to what they're receiving every single year, too. Yeah. I mean, this is what our current government's doing. And, I mean, eventually it has to crumble. It has to it has to collapse. It can't it's keep going. Unsustainable. Right. Yeah. We couldn't keep doing it. How, how is it that the government can? Right. They think they can because they think they can just print more money. Well, just you know. More. What they look at is is our ability to pay more taxes and buy more stuff and and pay and and fund them. We are their source, future source of income. Us and our kids. Mm -hmm. That's what they keep looking at. They think, how long can I keep Al Johnson working here? You know, he's sixty-seven. And yeah, we could probably get another ten years out of him. What's that worth? Times ten. You know, they multiply and they leverage my ability to earn an income, what they think I can earn, and how much revenue that's going to generate for them. So they look at all of us as bond servants. We're actually under the employment of the government. And the more control they have over us, the more the, the more freedoms we enjoy, we don't enjoy, obviously. They're taking away our freedoms. And um, to me, that's what we're trying to do as well, is to release ourselves from the grips of government and also bankers and debt. We need bankers. We need financing. We need sources to money for sure. We couldn't do anything without it. Yeah. However, we need, we need a system of, you know, paying with that credit card or that debit card or yeah. to go and pay. Yeah. We need the infrastructure that they've created. Yeah. Which but is, is there a better way to do it? Bitcoin and that whole system of distributed ledger technology coming up—that is going to be the new form of banking that we don't need a bank to do transactions. We can do it from me to you as safe and secure, if not better, than the way they do it. And so this is going to be the future, I think, for going forward, is eventually we won't need the banks anymore. That's why they're so scared. Totally. Well, they're going to try and figure out a way to participate. Yeah, exactly. Right? They are. They they're already saying Cryptocurrency was up 195% in the last few weeks. You know, money made goes down significantly as well, so it's a very volatile commodity at this stage of the game and because a lot of people don't understand it and there's a lot of buying and selling that's going on yeah. but again you know we only get involved and advise people in things that we understand mm -hmm. cryptocurrency is not my area of expertise so um and i've tried to understand it and i don't so i don't have a lot to say about it yeah <laughs> yeah and i don't really deal in cryptocurrency but the way that it's transferred and security wise and stuff like that from person to person that's what I'm really interested in, yeah. Because, in turn, you're taking the banking function out of it, and you're becoming the bank 
your own bank between each pe person. And you're, you're cutting government out of it too yes. because there's no way to track it. Totally. Yeah. Right? Yep. All right. Well, that took us off a different path than what we were talking mm -hmm. about here with Steve and his, um, and his paying himself as, uh, as an employee. But I think that we concluded that, that segment as well too with uh, basically getting people to realize that if they're a business owner and paying, they should not be paying themselves as an employee and, and that there's like definitely some better ways to go about it mm -hmm. that are going to save them a ton of money and also help them save for their future. They can take that same money that they were putting into CPP and they can put it somewhere else and it will be more beneficial to them. Guaranteed, there's lots of places that you can put that money, and you don't have to be an expert, you don't have to be a guru, you don't have to have all these crazy um, tactics or investing strategies in, in to do this. You can just literally put that money somewhere else and be better off. Right. So, we'll leave it at that for this episode, and uh, we'll catch you in the next one. If you like this episode, you're going to love our free online workshop that explains the concept and many others in more detail. The True Wealth Workshop will give you the tools to get out of debt quicker, get your finances in order the right way. Sign up for the free online workshop at mycustombank.com.